I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. On today's episode, I welcome comedian Ben Elwood back to the podcast as we kick off our David Lynch movie fest with his 1977 debut, Ahead. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I just want to say, in heaven, everything is fine. In heaven, everything is fine. You've got good things, and I've got mine, here on Big Squid. new season of Big Squid, where we are embracing the weirdness of 2021 by doubling down and covering the movies of David Lynch. This was a Ben Irwood suggestion. I know, you're sitting there thinking, that's a surprise. (laughs) But I just thought it was a great idea. It seemed appropriate to dive in and muck about in the grubbiness of life through the work of the brilliant auteur. We're very excited to get into his movies. I hope that you enjoy this run too. I don't know if you've seen Eraserhead before. Strap yourself in if you're thinking I'll watch it first and then listen to the podcast. It's a weird film. Uh, There's a lot going on and it's great. So, uh, as always with a David Lynch film, you know, this is how we cover all films. So, you know, like this isn't something new, but maybe you're new to the podcast. When we talk about our takes on these movies, we're not saying they're correct. They're just our takes. So, these are our interpretations, and we'd also love to hear what you think of these movies as well. Uh, Before we get into a race ahead, though, there's a few things to cover to start off the season. We've got some big plans, and we're very excited with what we do have uh, ready for you for the rest of the year. There's a real energy going on. This is why we do seasons, just gives a little bit of time to reflect, breathe, and then come back all fired up. So, First up, this will be a triple episode week to celebrate being back in the game. 
I know, three episodes this week. So you get this one. And then on Thursday, we have a spoiler-free chat with superstar comedian Ronnie Chang talking about his role in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ronnie Chang! How exciting is that? And then on Friday, one of the stars of the ABC TV series Question Everything, Alexi Toliopoulos, will be joining me to discuss Shang-Chi, and that is going to be full of spoilers. So maybe that is one that you can hold off in reserve until you've seen the film. Or maybe you can have a listen, because, uh, you know, sometimes you're on the fence about a movie, and then you have a listen to a podcast, and you think, oh, yeah, maybe I do want to see that. So I thought... Originally, I was going to put those two together and then I thought I'll I'll just separate them. So that gives you three episodes this week and then also allows you to, you know, depending on where you are with the Shang-Chi experience, gives you a bit of time to uh, work out when you're going to listen to that very specific podcast. Great seeing Alexi. I had a lot of fun working uh, closely with him on Question Everything. He did three appearances and he was brilliant in all three. And it was our first cinema experience in months And we are mildly giddy about being able to return to our sacred place. Uh, Not only is all of that happening this week, uh, then next week, uh, Ben Elwood and I are covering all of David Lynch's movies, as you already know, but we're also launching a new series here on the Big Squid feed. You don't have to sign up to another feed. You'll get it right here. And it's a whole new series called Space Podacy. See what I did there? (laughs) And I I think that counts as a drink. It's still kind of a Bowie reference, isn't it? Kind of, a little bit. Anyway, so Ben and I will be covering 10 science fiction movies for season one. Uh, If this is popular enough, we might even spin it off into its own feed. But at least for now, season one will be found right here on Big Squid. So you don't have to go anywhere. And the first Space Podacy episode will drop on the 21st of October. So that'll be a Thursday. And look, we had a big discussion about this. And we thought, fuck it, let's rip the band-aid off. And we're starting with a little film called, I don't know if you've heard of it, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Like, you either, for a science fiction podcast, you either start with Kubrick's film or you leave it until episode 2001, right? (laughs) It doesn't feel like it should be anywhere in between. You don't do it at, like, number 37 as a throwaway. Oh, yeah, no, we'll just talk about 2001 now. Yeah, great. Anyway, that was pretty cool. So we're going straight in. And what I'm doing is I'm letting you know now which movie we're beginning with. So if you haven't watched it before or you haven't watched it for a while, you can have some time to reacquaint yourself and uh, or check it out, whatever. Uh, that way you can be on top of it with us. I'll always announce which the uh, movie is coming up next and then you can uh, fill in and join in however you feel comfortable. We are super pumped for this series. We even have some new segments for it. So it's a little bit different to how we've been covering movies. There's some really, there's one segment in particular that I am so happy with. And every time I think about it, it makes me laugh. And it's so funny to apply to movies. Should I tell you what the segment is? Yeah, there's a few segments. I'll just tell you this one. One of one of the segments is ruin this movie with one decision. <laughs> and boy, well, look, to be honest, I, I thought I did ruin 2001 A Space Odyssey, but maybe when you listen to it, it kind of sounds super cool too. Anyway, I won't tell you what I suggest. You might disagree with me, but there might be some of you that listen to it and think I don't mind that. 
Yes. Uh, and if there's anyone out there who, when they hear it, can do it, then please go ahead, do it. Let me know. I do want to see this idea. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. We are super pumped for the series. Uh, as I said, we have new music. We have new artwork to help differentiate it from the previous Big Squid shows. Uh, still very much a Hamo Elwood production, but keep an eye out for that next week. Uh, in more exciting news, we finally have a Patreon. Finally! You asked me to get a Patreon. I delivered, eventually, over time. Like I got there. And we're finally doing it. You can find it at Justin Hamilton Big Squid on the Patreon site. So far, we have three tiers, which will give you access to scripts, bonus episodes, early access. You can join our community on the private Big Squid Facebook page. Some of you may already be on the private Facebook page. You don't have to sign up to the Patreon. You can just stay there. But for everyone else, if you sign up, you automatically are accepted into our gang so that will be a lot of fun and uh yeah you you can even uh by being a part of the patreon help us craft some of our episodes so as an example rove mcmanus and i are going to answer questions posed by our subscribers we already have a stack so many people have already signed up we are overwhelmed with uh, how quick some people got on board like we like this is the first episode and people have already signed up people are nice people are so nice we're, we're so grateful for this so what we've done is we've posed uh we've asked the subscribers to give us some questions and rove and i are going to answer them there's some really great questions in there that podcast will be released only via patreon on the 27th of october and then why are we releasing it then well, might be shocked to hear this. A lot of your questions revolved around Doctor Who and a certain Time Lord is returning on November 1st and it felt like the right time to release that bonus app. And maybe there'll be something happening with Doctor Who, but, you know, let's not get to November when we're still in October. There are a lot of other questions that were asked too, from the inspired to the hilarious. So if you'd like to be able to join in with our next Q&A, please head over and sign up. We have a lot of plans moving forward for the Big Squid Patreon. We're going to be experimenting with some stuff. You're going to get a first taste of things that we're going to try and introduce that will eventually make their way maybe this season or maybe next season onto the Big Squid feed. And, you know, we just want this podcast to keep evolving. We don't want it to remain stagnant. We want it to be what you enjoy and we want to keep just adding new ideas and new thoughts to it. So we're very excited about that. One of the rewards for signing up on any of the tiers is that you also receive a shout out on the podcast. So rather than just read out a bunch of names, I've decided I'm going to dedicate an episode to each member of the Patreon. Pretty cool, right? So with that in mind, This episode is dedicated to Sean, who goes by the name of Sean83, so I guess I'm allowed to call him by his first name, or maybe that should be Mr83. Anyway, a quick squid bit to start us off, you weren't expecting one so early. When I was setting up the Patreon, I didn't realise it was live until I suddenly realised two people had already signed up, and to be honest, this season wasn't meant to start until the end of October, but once I knew people had already begun to pledge, I thought... Fuck, I better get things rolling a little quicker than I expected. So if you are wrapped, 
that the Big Squid podcast is back now. If you are wrapped that you are listening to me at this point, Sean is the man to thank. So I'm also thanking you, Sean, for your enthusiasm. It is very much appreciated. And uh, just so you know, if uh, I know times have been really tough for the majority of us and the tiers are as cheap as I could make them. And if if you don't want to uh, join up on the Patreon, I can't stress how more than fine that is. You'll get the majority of the stuff here. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were like, hey, I want to, you know, I want to kind of contribute a little bit more. So there's a really cheap version where if you want to feel like you're contributing, it's not taking up too much. But anyway, if you'd like to sign up, thank you very much. Okay. It's time to get into the mind of David Lynch as we follow Henry, a man trapped in a claustrophobic world of industrial gloom. He's discovered his girlfriend Mary X is pregnant. Their baby is a lizard-like creature that won't stop crying. And who is the lady who lives deep inside Henry's radiator. It is time for us to enter the world of Eraserhead. told you and especially for everyone listening we are recording this stuff in september just trying to get ahead of uh, yes. before we start uh, rolling uh-huh. season five uh-huh. and i did a double of this film uh when i watched this i did it with the double of wally yeah. and i went wally first <laughs> and i went this second and i weirdly didn't think it didn't work. <laughs> how, how, how did they pair up for you? Like, well, what is that? You know how they kind of match up is that they're mm. both kind of silent films with yes. beautiful sound, soundscapes. Yes. And, uh, That's true. So it was just this weird thing. Like, to be honest, I kind of did it for a bit of a lark. <laughs> like, to just actually tell you, ah, guess what I did? Nah, weird. <laughs> you know, it was like on the first day of lockdown when what? I decided, let's get really weird. And I and I watched Full Metal Jacket and backed it up with Apocalypse Now Director's Cut. Oh. And uh, 
I thought I'm going to be in this for the long haul, so let's really Whoa. blow the brain. <sighs> what, what did you do first, Wally? I did Wally. Wally yeah. first, and then follow. Yeah, you yeah. got. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You can't do a razor head and no. then follow it up with Wally. Once no. once a razor head finishes, it's uh, your evening's done. I think. Yeah, and then I think I went from that to an episode of what we do in the shadows. Bam! Lovely. So yeah, so it was a really, it was a really bizarre kind of fun night. That's but, interesting. I didn't. It, it, now that you say it, it's so obvious. But a razor head is almost a silent movie. I mean, there's yeah. a couple of sequences, particularly the dinner, the dinner sequence. Oh, <laughs> oh my but, god. Yeah, yeah, it's um, what a soundscape, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got some stuff on it. It's it's unbelievable, yeah. and it's also really fascinating to be watching it and and experiencing it now, yeah. and then thinking of certain episodes of Twin Peaks: The Return yep. and going, "There's a real through line here." Yeah. In fact, I would say it's almost a Rosetta Stone to his entire filmography. There's mm. the, there's the, um, uh, what's that pattern on the floors? The, um, the zigzags. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the zigzag floors. There's yeah. the, the theatre. You yeah. know, the the performer, weird abstract performer. The, yeah. the electricity. Yeah. You know, the, the, the electricity drone. is a real. And the uh, yeah, just that underlying hum. I've got some stuff about other filmmakers who have used that kind of thing as well. Yeah, great. So great. Uh, be th- so, I'm just going to say also right up uh, top. This is a movie that is designed to be interpreted. So yeah. anything you and I talk about, mm. we are not saying this is correct. We are saying no. this is how we experienced it. Yeah. Oh, well, I feel like all of our podcasts are that, but I feel yeah. like specifically, I, I just kind of need to remind everyone if if someone writes to us, and I've got a new segment for us. Great. Which is, uh, I want everyone who, uh, or anyone who listens to the podcast who's seen the movie to give us their thoughts and we'll discuss them in the next... Brilliant. Uh, David Lynch. Great idea. Yeah. And so, Lynch is the perfect director for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because they're open... Uh, I was thinking that while I was trying to get my head around what I thought was yeah. going on with this goddamn movie, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. just being inside of it. So, once again... Uh, we're just interpreting it, mm-hmm. and if someone writes to us and says, like when I watched it, it's about God, and he is now the president, and he's <laughs> going to bring back Christmas, and he has to get Santa, who's gone on a holiday, I'll say, that's insane, but I respect it. Sure. You know, if that's but, how you viewed it. <laughs> but it's like, but you know, Lynch's films of all directors that I know are yeah. dreams and nightmares. Yes. And so they are fully open for interpretation, as mm. any dream or nightmare would be. Yeah. Um, I think that there's an obvious something being said in it. Yes. Uh, but then it's all the peripheral little things that are happening on the sides that are very open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you can kind of just reduce it to a one sentence and yeah. then it's like... Bloop, bloop. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, uh, I was wondering, what was your first David Lynch experience? My Holland Drive. Oh, really? It must have been my Holland Drive, yeah. In... I believe I was in year 12 or I was just out of high school. Oh, amazing. And I remember hearing everyone go oh it's so fucking weird it doesn't make any sense and i watched it with my best friend it was one must have been one of the first movies we ever watched together because we met about 20 years ago uh and i remember we got to the end of it and was like 
What are people talking about? It's totally straightforward. It's really, it, you know, obviously there's stuff that's like, well, that's weird. Or, yeah. But I think it's a very straightforward movie. There's a yeah. really obvious turn about three quarters of the way through. And you come to realise that everything you've seen may not have been what it was. Yeah. You know, and that leans into why the acting is so over the top and melodramatic and soap opery. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden the, the switch seemed very obvious to me. Yeah. I don't know if that, again, I think it's similar to what we've talked about with Nolan films, particularly Inception, where we had no trouble with that, mm. you know, keeping track of multiple storylines and mm. multiple dimensions and all the rest. And I wonder if that's because we grew up with comics yes. um, and we're kind of used to, you know, nonlinear narratives and having to keep, oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what happened three issues ago. Oh, that's right. Um, and I f- wonder if that's the same with my experience with Mulholland Drive, where it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's just flipped. Yeah, you know, that's uh, two things. One oh. is, do we still have a drink if you're the one who brings up Nolan? Like, uh, I just need to clarify <laughs> no, the rules no, it's here. Just you. Like, okay, that's fair enough. Uh, by the way, uh, everyone, everyone deserves to, like, everyone should give me a clap because I worked really hard to just say that and I'm about to move on. But no, no, the, everyone has to have a drink every time I bring, bring up the end of the world. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. how it is. End of the world for you, <laughs> Nolan and Bowie for me. Uh, actually, there's heaps of things I keep going back to the well for, but uh, let's not reduce me to a few catchphrases. But uh, the Hello. other thing... <laughs> but um, Adam Richard said that to me about... Uh, I'd never really thought about that before, and Adam said that to me about Slumdog Millionaire when yeah. it came out, how everyone was going, what's going on with this structure? What and is? he was like going, that's... That's a really basic comic book structure. Like, you know, they say something here and you have a little adventure. You say something here, you have a little adventure. And I I do think, especially the shit you and I were into, Mm. like, we were, like, I still read some of Morrison's stuff and don't quite know what the fuck is going on. There's a distinct possibility only about... 37 hours ago, I finally worked out what I think Flex Mentello was about. <laughs> like, and it was, you know, in the middle of like cutting up carrots. And I went, ding, oh, fuck, I finally got there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. but I also, I don't mind that. Dude, I fucking love it. Yes. Because it's what it's, it's good. What, it's, it, it means the, uh, the piece of art is not dead. It hasn't, yes. it hasn't got a definitive interpretation that is set in stone. And now, it, it, as far as I'm concerned, if a, if a piece of art is no longer open to interpretation or to a new reading, it's officially yeah. a, a, a piece of archaeology. It's, yeah. not, it's, it's not living. It's, yes, it's living. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And, you know, you look back... At some of the classics, like yeah. Vertigo was reviled yeah. when it first came out. Yeah. But, you know, 2001, you know, was not was not a hit. And no. then, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. the right people start seeing it and start yeah. and it becomes part of the discussion. Totally. And and this film was uh, not well received, not well received oh, yeah, at all yeah. when it came out. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I, I found a, a cracking bad review, uh, like just a line and, uh, and then a good review for the end. But uh, it <laughs> kind of shows you the wide divide. On oh, yeah. It. yeah. So, well, it's, uh, I mean, it's yucky. Yeah. You've oh, got, yeah. you got to be in the mood for some yuck. Oh, it's awful. Like, <laughs> like I nearly thought about having a shower. <laughs> And oh, I, I, was, uh, I mentioned to you before we started recording, I put this on quite late last night. I had a full-on day yesterday, a very yeah. emotional day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, good emotional, everyone. Great emotional. Yep. It was a beautiful, beautiful ending of a chapter of my life. Uh, and uh, I was supposed to put this on around 8 o'clock, 
got delayed, ended up putting it on about 11. And I was tired. Oh, and at like, night. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was really, and I was like, I actually don't know if I'm like nodding off. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Right. And from shot one, I just, I audibly was like, oh, oh. nah. Yeah. And, ju- and then about 20 minutes in, and we'll get to the sequence, started hysterically laughing and ended up just laughing the whole way through it. It is, uh, his stuff, I can't think of another filmmaker who elicits so many distinct and jarring emotions yeah. all at once. Yeah. Like, I want to vomit, but I'm also laughing. I'm yeah. terrified, yeah. but I'm elated. It's yeah. just, you know, again, like a dream. Yeah. A beautiful dream. So I'm going to top you going to bed to watch it and thinking this might have been a mistake. <laughs> I got three bites into my past it before I had to put it aside. <laughs> and I just let it go cold. Yeah, it's not a movie you eat too. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what was I thinking? And it's not like I haven't seen it before, but it's just been a while. So I'll just get some pasta ready, sat down, went one, two, three. Mm. You know what? This pasta, yep. I reckon it might be delicious. But at the moment, mm. yeah. it's tasting like sadness and decay. Oh, totally. And I need to fucking put this on the table. Yeah. I just watched a <laughs> two metre long spermatozoa fly out of the sky and hit a puddle yep. of acid. I'm fucking yep. in a bath. <laughs> sadness and decay is going to be the uh, title to the chapter in my autobiography that goes between my 48th and 49th <laughs> year birthday where both of them were spent uh, alone. Anyway, so... Oh, oh that's all right. That's fine. It's, <laughs> who gives a shit at this age? Um, though I do give a shit. You do c- give a shit. Because I'm a year closer to 50 and that makes no sense to me. We'll do something great for the 50. 50. I think the decades, the decades are the ones that got to be celebrated. Once you get to 30... Yeah. You, cel- you celebrate the decades. The decades. And yeah. then you get, I think it's an old Patton Oswald bit. Is it? Yeah, I think he said that you are. You get to celebrate your first 18, yeah. you get your 21st, and yeah. then after that it's decades, and then when yeah. you get to 90 you go back to every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. 91. I yeah. made it. Yeah. Still here. So uh, I'm fascinated by your first David Lynch experience mm. because even though – uh, it shows the difference in age, mm, I guess, mm. between us, but it's really similar with a completely different movie. So high school, heard about this thing that was really weird, watched it with my mate and went, what just fucking happened? And it was specifically Twin Peaks, the uh, the pilot that was they made an ending oh, for Europe. Oh wow! So it came it came with an ending. Wow! I've, yeah. I've never seen that. I don't know how. Uh, yeah. Is, is it a is it a satisfying end? Well, yeah, but wow. it's but like I don't know if it would be satisfying watching it knowing how Twin Peaks plays out, but when you've never experienced anything like that, and, you know, just like Dale Cooper, you know, Dan, I've got my hand a box of chocolate bunnies. And it's like, (laughs) what is happening here? And the log lady and, like, you know, that great scene which he included when the light wasn't working and he just left it in there and then the guy mishears him, you know? He thinks he asks him what his name is and just Lynch keeps it. But it's, you know, yeah. Can you leave us, please? Jim. Yeah. No, can you you see Dale? Uh, like, what? But yeah. keep it anyway. But it kind of finishes with maybe we should do, you know what? Yeah. Maybe we should, uh, I wonder if it's on any of the Blu-rays. Oh, got, it, is got. On, it is on the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Yes. Maybe, you know how we were trying to work out how we're going to fit Twin Peaks into this. Maybe we do that movie. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, I've never seen it. I'm, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'm always up for uh, peaks. Yeah, I love it. I feel like uh, to cover Twin Peaks, maybe we go 
<laughs> I love that we're just working it out with everyone. Feel free to let us know if you think this is a bad idea. Uh, theatrical movie pilot yeah. with ending. Yeah. Uh, Firewalk, Firewalk with, with me. me. Yeah. Then maybe we do episode eight of The Return. Sure. And we do the finale. Sure. And sure. I feel like we can kind of cover, you know, it yeah. roughly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. That'll be fun. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my first experience. I was with my mate, Matthew Paxton. He got it on uh, VHS. Oh. Shout out to the people from the 90s. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, it was an experience. And so oh, yeah. by the time the series came to TV, I was fucking in. Yeah, right. And, yeah. And I just had never do, do you, experienced anything like it. Do you remember what your... It, sorry, it was uh, something that you enjoy. It was kind of like the next stage in the singing detective kind of epiphany as a kid. And then it yes. was like, like then you can draw a line to yep. Twin Peaks moving. Yeah, I uh, yeah, to divert onto the singing detective for a moment, when I, I watched that for the first time this year. Yeah. And anyone that hasn't seen it, get on it. I believe it's uh, on YouTube yep. if you don't can't find it on streaming uh i wonder if that had a profound influence on lynch right because it came out i think before he really started to pop yeah and it feels very lynchy that yeah. series yeah yeah like i had that same level of like whoa what's yeah. happening i'm freaking out it's, it's um it's a it's a masterpiece, it's a masterpiece. And, it, and it's a it's yep. dirty and it's dirty. fucking painful and yep. it's funny and mm-hmm. it is awkward yep. and it's yep. shattering. And, and somehow within all that gets to a truth that something that was more linear and more coherent, quote unquote, wouldn't. Yeah. You know, that's that's the true power of his art, I think, is that through abstraction and through uh, metaphor, he nails truths that are yeah, very difficult to articulate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was some... I mean, when I was moaning last night watching certain aspects of Eraserhead, I knew, I knew viscerally and emotionally why I was moaning, but I couldn't really put it into words. Yeah. Certain looks that the character gave. Yeah. You know, that shot where he's in bed and he yeah. reaches to touch his wife and she oh. pulls away and then oh. just the look in his eyes and it's and, and just saying it like that sounds like oh yeah I understand why and it's like nah but it was something else other yeah. than that there was something so raw and primal uh, yeah and yeah. just like ugh, like the, the 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 desperate the desperation of humanity and yeah. all the fear and the loathing and it's he's just he's something else yeah he really is yeah he, he's one of those ones where like there's some directors where you go like why, why do you dislike them? Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like if someone tells me that they, I don't know, hate Spielberg. It's mm. like, why, like, why would you... Like, mm-hmm. there's people to hate. Like yeah. Spielberg's made... You know, there's enough of a broad range of movies yeah. that you can go, are you telling me that all of these different genres have... Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not but, a big Spielberg fan, but no. there's a half a dozen that I love. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but... If someone says I don't like David Lynch, you go, yeah, no, good. yeah, absolutely. Okay, let, let's move on. Absolutely, that's my, fine. Let's my, not let's not bore each other trying to connect on it. Totally. Yeah. My, my best friend, who our tastes are very simpatico, he fucking hates Lynch. He oh, hates right, it. Right, right. Uh, and I don't even try to, um, you know, convince him otherwise. A lot of the time when. Um, I'm watching a movie for this podcast. I watch it with him. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't even invited him for these ones. Yeah. It's like, let's not, let's not bother. Let's not I actually, And you know what? I actually, you know, I enjoy watching his stuff on my own because mm. I feel as though I'm, I'm free to give myself over to it and really yeah. feel 
all the feelings that he's yeah. uh, evoking in me. If you'd been here, I would have finished my pasta, but only because I would have felt awkward. <laughs> The uh, when was the last? Uh, when was the first time you saw a racer hit? Uh, only uh, probably three or four years ago. So this is only the second time I've seen it. Yes, I loved it the first time, but I definitely was much more like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. This time I didn't feel what the fuck is going on at all, but I feel like my emotional reaction to it was much more primal and visceral and. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm glad I gave it a few years because I remember broad strokes. Yeah, but there was big sections of it that I'd completely forgot. Again, like a dream. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I think. I, I mean, actually, I watched it again in um, fast forward just before I left to come here, just to kind of get it in my head. Yeah, with and Benny even, Hill music. With what? The Benny Hill music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even though I watched it 12 hours earlier, there was yeah. a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that's right. I would have never remembered that moment, you know, because yeah. it was so, you know, yeah. I think you're still reeling from some piece of imagery, yeah. you know, like, like a great comedian. You Often you miss a couple of jokes because oh, you're still so laughing. Many. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very much with Lynch. You, you miss, you know, the second run through of Twin Peaks, The Return was much more, um, you know, saw stuff that I'd never seen before because yeah. you're, you know, taken aback. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. I... I feel like I, I... This is only the second time I've seen it, and mm. I feel like the first time I saw it, I was too young, mm. and I saw it with someone, and my friend was really polite, but I could tell that they were just not enjoying it, and that was a buzzkill. A hundred percent. So, also, however many years we've been in lockdown, I <laughs> feel like this is the perfect time to watch it, because yeah. it was like, shit. Yeah. Like... yeah. Again, what a good like, time to manifest. Like, this is why this was a good suggestion by yeah, you. Yeah. You say, oh, yeah, everything's fucked up. The world's going to end. I feel really depressed. Let's watch all of David Lynch's mm-hmm, movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, good choice. Yeah, <laughs> and feel it, but also simultaneously laugh in the face of it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, he is one of the funniest filmmakers. All of his well, films are hysterical. So this is one of the things that's interesting is because it this film also defies genre yeah. and it's it's like you know doing little <laughs> bits of research it turns up on a top 50 list by you know like a a reputable uh, uh, film website you know of criticism mm. that turns up in like the top 50 horror movies you know yeah. and then you read over here it's a, you know it's a, a, an avant guard piece of surrealism yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. you get people who think it's uh like really funny and then it's like oh no it's a it's an indie film like it's just it is what it is david lynch film yeah yeah it's funny i was going to ask you what what genre do you think if you hear it but i feel like it's like for it's me it's a lynch film yeah it's just like <laughs> uh dream yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible nightmare that when you wake up from it, you go, oh, fuck, that was crazy. Ha, 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 ha. But, you know, I mean, all the, all the fucking, like, the great... And uh, there's actually less than you think, but all, like, the real visionary directors... Uh, like Scorsese... Uh, Scorsese... Uh, um, uh, Kubrick. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket's a war film, but yep. more than that, it's a Kubrick film. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, it's horrible. It's funny. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's confronting. Totally. And yeah, yeah. I would say that of um, Sofia Coppola, who we just yeah. finished up with. Yeah. Oh man. So, what was your interpretation? I feel like to discuss the film. So, uh, for everyone listening, I said to Ben uh, when we went to grab a coffee before we started recording, it's 
a difficult one to write questions for mm. because it just could have easily been, what up with that, for every question. <laughs> and then we have this happen, what up with that. Yeah. So trying to find different ways into it. And then I realised probably we should reverse engineer this yep. and let's work out what yours and my interpretation sure. of the movie is now yeah, sure. because then we'll filter the questions through that prism. Yeah. Um, look, I think you can very easily say it's about a man who has a child that he doesn't want and yeah. you know is experiencing some kind of uh, version of postnatal depression. Uh, but really, I think it's a film about fear yeah. and regret and shame uh, and feeling uncomfortable in your own skin. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think the baby, the, the, the baby, whatever that, as, as his wife says, they're not even sure it is a baby. Like. <laughs> but whatever that thing is, um, I think that is the vessel uh, to, for the film to explore um, really negative aspects of the human psyche yeah. that exist in all of us. And, you know, I think uh, they are places that I have inhabited a lot in the last year and a half. Right, right. Um, but ultimately, I think that the main character, a Razorhead, whatever his name is. Henry. Henry. Uh, I think that his main motivating force is fear. Yeah. Uh, fear of everything. 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 Yeah. And just, like, what is this life? And... Um, and, you know, do you want me to get into the specifics of what I think the woman in the radiator is and all oh, that no, stuff? Oh, no, let's, uh, okay. like, but just the, something along those lines. Yeah. So it's, I it, think, I, and sh- I think fear and shame. I think yeah. he, that he's ashamed of his uh, sexuality. Yeah. I think he's ashamed of his need to fuck. Yeah. I think he is disgusted by all, every, all of his motivations. I just, and, and that's what I think it's exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It's so, yeah, all the sex stuff is yeah. super bizarre. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was going to make this uh, comment a bit later, so remind me if I start to repeat myself. But the uh, it was that same weird thing that um, Sailor has with Lula's mum in uh, Wild at Heart. You know, there's that weird... She uh, hates him, but, you know. Yeah, 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 right. Like, I've only got a sketchy memory of Wild at Heart. Yeah. I've only seen that once. Yeah. Um, it's just that weird... Anyway, it's gross. It, 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 there's almost like the, the the fear and the shame surrounding sex in this film is what I imagine a lot of people raised religious who were told, you know, your erection is dirty. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. You know, like that that man in the planet pulling the levers. Yeah. You know, I almost, I think that planet's his testicles. I think that's right. how I think that's how he envisions. Right. You know, I think that's how he sees his um, his desire. Yeah, it's just this gross <laughs> leopard going <laughs> and pulling levers <laughs> and spitting out these disgusting worms. You know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that, that scene where he's in bed and, and all the semen are fucking coming out of I think coming out of his yeah. I don't know what yeah. coming out of the sheets coming out of his wife whatever. Yeah, and he's like taking them at the wall and they're <laughs> against oh the wall. I mean, someone who's comfortable with their um, their bodily function and their desire does not depict sex in that way. Yeah. It's someone who's grossed out by the whole concept of it. Yeah. But is still kind of a slave to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. That is fucking hilarious. (laughs) And it feels right for considering uh, there was a character who was essentially a shoulder 
in Twin Peaks The Return, so why wouldn't it be? Yeah. And, you know, David Bowie came back as a fucking steaming kettle. Yeah. Like, fuck, that's great. <laughs> well, I my, my interpretation is kind of, like, could overlap yours, yeah. which yeah. is, I just, I don't think anything happens in the real world. I think the whole story is in his head. Yes. And... That that lever guy for me was less nutsack, more him trying to nav- navigate him through to sanity yeah. and and probably failing or maybe I don't yeah, know. I think, I think he fails in the end. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think. Well, do we want to talk about the end? The very last shot. No. Let's uh, let's let's work our way to that. Okay. So um, so I was actually going to ask you uh, who you thought the man in the planet was, but you've already <laughs> answered that. Balls. It's his. Uh, <laughs> It's his hard work and nutsack. <laughs> when you need a thirst after a big day. <laughs> oh, man. Like, but I do, yeah, I kind of envisaged him as um, trying to work through the subconscious to help him get through life. But yeah. he, just, he just keeps, you know, going, oh, no, I'll sleep with yeah. Betty Noir over there or, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. I like girls better though. That's heaps funny. That's just made me laugh a lot. Like his movie did make me laugh while I was gagging and unable to eat pasta. Oh yeah, my favorite meal ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, uh, Henry, <laughs> like he constantly looks perplexed and yeah. or terrified. Yeah. Sometimes in the same yeah. scene, yeah. and it's like <laughs> I relate to that look on his face. That's like thank God for fuck, thank God for COVID masks because that's the look on my face as I walk down the street every day and uh, I am glad that people can't see how raw it all is really uh, yeah it is and it's it's funny how um, it is very much a <laughs> thing that we do at this precise moment in time and it's often like <laughs> I've got to tell you something that's really <laughs> a little bit off the beaten track but it's kind of cruel and this is where we're at so Adam Richard and I go for a walk every yeah. Saturday morning. Good, uh, big long walk. Good yeah. opportunity for a catch up. It's a big park down Randwick Way. Just do a big lap, grab a coffee. Blah blah blah. A lot of horses down there. People ride horses and a lot of uh, horse shit. Yes. And uh, we're walking along mid conversation. And most of the time we walk along and we'll be like blah 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 beagle oh, blah 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 magpie. You know that yeah. kind of thing. But this time we were like, walking along and there was a girl in active wear on her phone walking towards <laughs> it, and he. Uh, uh, he clocked it, went, I better tell her, no. and then went, nah, nudged me, and I had time to look over, clock what was going on, and then watch her go, Out. and then we just kind of looked Damn. at each other, and it felt so naughty, and That's it was great. fun. There's got to be consequences for never looking up from your phone. And it feels like a good one, like yeah, a, a bad consequence. Like no. she could have yeah, she kept going and walked bus. Yeah, yeah, so we saved her. Yeah, exactly. Why is she complaining? <laughs> Did you, what was her reaction when she stepped in the horseshit? She wasn't wrapped. <laughs> It would have been hilarious if she didn't even break stride, didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. Keep going, keep going, you know. How many likes? Three three days later, you know, looks around her carpet. It's like, when did I get brown carpet? It's always been this beautiful cream. This is a disaster. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Also, one of the things that uh, is great about this film is that, like... It's great if you're in line with this sense of humour. Like, you have to oh, be yeah. in line. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that made me laugh way too much was 
it, it's his use of long pauses mm. and commitments yeah. to the moment. Yeah. yeah, so you know the lift. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Lift is yeah like that, that was the first laugh I had as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "How long is this going to take?" And immediately, yeah. uh, all I thought was, "Fuck, this is such an origin yeah. scene for Dougie." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also those things, you know, like the 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 the, the sweeping scene in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Just these, like, how long are we gonna, just, you know? But I love that he doesn't, you know, aggressively tap the button to close the door. No. He's just he's so beaten down. It's just like, just I guess this will just take as long as it takes. Understanding. And he's just slumped like Chaplin ass. Oh my lord! It's so funny, man. The uh, I feel like this is going to happen a lot with the Lynch uh, run, but the. The commitment to Dougie is one of the greatest moments in television history. I think it's, yeah, spectacular. And my, like, my ongoing uh, relationship with it, like, week to week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ben, I was like, you know, first I, oh, this is, oh, hey, it's Dale. He's coming back to life. Oh, this is interesting. He's stuck in this body. He's still stuck in this body. (laughs) He's still stuck in this body. How long is this going to take? And then there was the scene where he only appeared for like 10 seconds where the kid threw the ball to him and it hit <laughs> him in the chest and he didn't react. And I went, this is great. Yep. This is great. You have won me over. Yep. And then the moment Dale Cooper came back, it was bittersweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> I love Dougie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> my, my two housemates at the time that we watched this week to week, and may I, I think it was, the, I think apart from, you know, Seinfeld and The Simpsons growing up, it was the greatest televisual experience of my entire life. Mm. Gathering with those two every whatever it was, Wednesday, Thursday night. And the like, we would literally like, mm. as that opening credit started, mm. like that excitement of what, and the excitement of, I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And, like, and, but not, and not in that, like, Breaking Bad sense of, like, how's he going to get out of this one? Yeah. But literally, like, I, anything could happen. Anything could happen. Like, that episode eight. Yeah. Which was... Because I had... I may have said this on the podcast before, but I loved the first four episodes, and around five or six, I started to waver. I was like, I'm, is this good? Like, I just don't know. Mm. And then episode eight came along... And I went, oh, mm. I've been watching this incorrectly. Yeah. I've got to kind of, I've got to change the angle that I'm coming in at this. Yeah. And if you say to people, the most normal thing that happened in that episode was 15 minutes into it, the Nine Inch Nails <laughs> performed a song. <laughs> and that's the most normal thing that happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's good. great. I mean, you know, it's so God, great. What other, what other... And he is mainstream, yeah. Or mainstream adjacent. What other mainstream artist is challenging you like that? Yeah, I, I, there's no one. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, like I'm not necessarily a fan of all of his work. I know you are. Aronofsky gives it a good swing, doesn't he? He does give it a good swing, but it's not like, not not as like he's not Lynch. Yeah, he's but not. Yeah, that's, but you know, yeah, no. But uh, who is the fountain? Is the fountain is outstanding, and I'm mm. I'm a huge fan of Mother. I know. I have to rewatch it. Many people hate that movie. I think it's f- again. I think it's fucking hilarious. I think right. it's a much funnier movie than people give it credit yeah. for. I have uh, in my forties become very soft to violence. Yeah, and uh, but with that in mind. Like it was, it was a bit too overwhelming for me to oh, enjoy yeah. the satire of it. But yeah. the more you've talked about it, the more I want to give it a go. See, I was, I, I had a golden experience. Me and my bud went and saw that, and I, everyone in the cinema must have fucking hated us because, like, right. two minutes in, we were howling, right, we right, were howling, right. yeah. 
because it was just I, it, it, I never understood the criticism of that movie of of course it's not real yeah there's people literally repainting her house yeah like what do you think yeah. it's good to you know my friend put it perfectly he's like it's like it's an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and she's Larry but she doesn't have the <laughs> she doesn't have the confidence to tell everyone to fuck off right so she's just kind of like okay yeah, 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 yeah no yeah. please don't do that yeah whereas Larry would go get the fuck out of here yeah but you yeah. know just these people <laughs> just imp- imposing themselves on yeah. her <laughs> yeah um, that is a very nice segue to uh, talk about uh, the dinner with Mary X and her family, wow. which is so excruciating. Mm. Like, I found it so hard mm. to sit there and uh, both my legs were jigging. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're like, uh, this is uh, too much. Have you ever been in that situation? Yeah. yeah That's it's, why it's excruciating. Oh it's, not excru- it's not excruciating. I mean, it's excruciating, obviously, because the little chickens are shitting blood and yeah. all the rest. And then the mother's panting like, like a dog. Like, <laughs> like, what is happening? But, yeah. again, in metaphor and in just feeling, yeah. Who hasn't had a fucking dinner like that? Oh. Those cavernous silences and that, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. That, the that, low just level that anger. Discomfort. Fucking hanging in the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just the tension. Like, why are we? Why are these people in the same room together? Yeah. There's no connection. There's no love. Nothing. Little chippy responses here and there that just put you on edge. Yeah. Someone serving up food that's fucking awful. <laughs> just like regular chickens. Yeah. Just like regular chickens. <laughs> Holy shit! You know. <laughs> and the dog. And the dog feeding its mewling puppies uh, yeah, on the yeah. ground. <laughs> oh my god. That's a shot that I completely forgot about. Yeah, when so it suddenly panned over the dog, I lost my mind. Oh. And I'd forgotten about the mum <laughs> panting as he's covering, cutting up the chin, then uh. that she tries to seduce him while, while telling her that her daughter's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. You have the baby, you don't know if it's yours. You're disgusting. I want yeah. to fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to adulthood. Yeah. And and those and the performance from the dad is so fucking funny. Yeah, The yeah. way he'll be smiling and then he'll just reset like a robot. Yes. Like, just click back into just yeah. that middle distance staring. It's just, like, what an... Again, it goes back to that thing we were saying of, like, this is the Rosetta Stone of Lynch. Like, that they, all, the, all of those performers have nailed the Lynch aesthetic of performance before it even yeah. was a thing. But it's all there. The dad's like a gif. Yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every fourteen seconds, yeah. he's back. <laughs> Man, it's a scorcher of a performance. Mm-hmm. The um, what do you think's going on with the mum trying to seduce him after accusing him of having sex with the daughter? And oh, I don't know. I think I think it's just like I think it's again. I think it's the, this manifestation of discomfort and shame. I, you know, I don't. I don't actually. As you say, this is probably all happening in his head. I don't think yeah. this is all literal. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, one more layer of just gross dirt on top of this filthy situation that's, yeah. that he wants out of. Um, I think it's hilarious that he starts hemorrhaging out of his nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good trick. I wish I could do that, actually. Anytime someone's uh, giving me the pip, you know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this species of frogs, that's their defense mechanism. They start bleeding out of their eyes when they're attacked. Oh, really? They shoot blood out of their eyes. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a talent I used to wish that I had when I was working in retail. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been good as a comedian, too. Yeah. Could Fuck take out hecklers. Yeah. <laughs> that would scar them for life. The um, I kind of uh, wondered if it was the... Uh, like, he obviously doesn't have a great relationship with Mary. And oh. I wondered if he was also... This was a bit like... This could be my future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the relationship with Mary is fucked from the outset. The one photo he has of her is torn in half. Yeah. You know, just before he goes to see her. Yeah. So, again, it's that, 
I tell you what, I did. I did. I was thinking a lot through this movie. God, imagine being David Lynch's kid at the time watching this. <laughs> we'll get into that. We will get into like, that. Oh, Daddy didn't really want to have a baby. Yeah, with club feet. <laughs> like, you, you know about that? Oh, no. Oh, well, that's in the squid bits, mate. Okay, great. Fucking strap yourself in. Excellent. I've got some stuff to get to. Brilliant. Forward selling yep. here on Big Squid FM. <laughs> the. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I find it hilarious. And you used uh, the term chaplain-esque yeah, earlier, and yeah. uh, I hadn't thought of that, and mm. that's great because it's very chaplain-esque when he ends up living with his new wife and baby yeah. <laughs> in his little apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's like uh, Chaplin's shadow. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. going on? Yeah, the reverse tree of life, Thoth version of Chaplin, <gasps> totally. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. scene was like... I always used to joke that because mum was such a young mum and she was still, like, she's a radical lefty and all that kind of malarkey. And Mm -hmm. she, uh, um, if I really wanted to rebel against her, Mm. I would have turned up at home with a wife, three kids, a nice car, (laughs) my hair parted on the side, in a good suit, heaps of superannuation, a couple of properties, living in one house, doing it up at the moment. And my mum would have been like, you are no fucking son of mine. (laughs) I have no son. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, my son will have no job stability for his life. He'll never own a home. Uh, You know, so so this this was kind of a like a psychic projection of my mum onto me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I, like, I think that's the, that, that's probably in my darkest recess of my of my mind. Yeah, the manifestation of what I see that life as. Yeah, and you know that's probably more of a indicative of my immaturity and lack of commitment and all the rest. But when I hear people like, you know, oh, we're living the dream in suburbia, it's like, oh, just shoot me in the face. That sounds fucking horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. Like I, you know, like a lot of my friends do. Uh And I I really enjoy visiting. But, like so there's sometimes like you know during lockdown and your head goes like there's no there's no one here so I've I've got to contend with all the voices without yeah, any yeah, help yeah, the caucus oh yeah like you're distracting me from them at the moment it's great <laughs> but uh, there's those moments where it's like oh well, maybe you know maybe it's time to go back to Adelaide and you could do some stuff there and maybe you could try and get a job yeah. uh, low level at the Adelaide Fringe yeah. and uh, work your way up and maybe in six or seven years run it and oh you know what sorry I'm about to set myself on fire and fly into the sun yeah yeah <laughs> again like that and, that's and I'm not against anyone no no but no just not for me no no and, and I, I don't even crit- I, like I wish I wish oh. that, that I had that, that kind of because I, I, I think it takes Life a level of altruism and a level of selflessness to uh, to, to commit to that life and, and, and enjoy it and all the rest. And uh, I'm not envious of it. Maybe, you know, like a, a version of envious because it would be lovely. Yeah. It would be lovely to be in a beautiful, stable home, in a great relationship, fantastic relationship with your kids. The, re- yeah. the, the, the reality is, Chip and though, Sally Elwood. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is, you know, like, it's very rare that those situations are what they appear. Yes. And a lot of my divorced friends would say yes. To yeah. That. It's, um, and, you know, some people pull it off. Yeah. And power to them. But yeah. uh, I think I know 
what a <laughs> what a potentially self-destructive nihilistic piece of shit I am and the idea of dragging anyone else into this oh, is a bit you I, know it's all, it's like it's like a community service yeah. of me not fooling myself into thinking that I oh no I'd be a great husband and dad no no you, you wouldn't you're a fucking you're a you're narcissistic only child who values his selfish own time you know I just Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm probably completely wrong. It would probably make me a wonderful person. I know a guy who's 50 years old right now, and he just had his second kid, and his first kid's very, very, very young. Uh, and I bumped into him, and I was like, how's it all going? And he's like, man, that it's all there is. Yeah. It's all there is, yeah. and to the point where I look back on everything I've ever done before this, I'm like, you dumb fuck. Right. You thought everything you were doing was so important, and it was completely meaningless, and this is what matters. Right. And that's, you know, you hope that that's what would happen. Yeah. You would really hope that. You would hope that you're not Henry having some kind of we need to talk about Kevin moment where you have a child <laughs> and you feel no connection to it whatsoever. Yeah. And I know people like that too. Yeah. You know, a friend of a friend at the moment. It's terrifying. A friend of a friend at the moment has had a second child and feels nothing. And, of course, all the guilt and shame and all of this filth that comes with it yeah. of not just I don't feel a connection to my child, but I've created a consciousness, yeah. brought it into a, a dying world. Take a drink. Yeah. Take a drink, uh, everybody. You know. I and- to see that in a Nolan film. <laughs> and the soundtrack by but David Bowie. I, I've got so much, I've got so much of those awful feelings and emotions anyway. I just, I, 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 I would fear bringing anyone else into that. Yeah. I, and I'm aware of how immature and weird that makes me sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, you know, like, I wish some people did think that way. Well, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, some of my friends I look at and I go, I reckon, you, nah, the, you, the, you didn't need to do this. The blase way. You would way, have been happier. Yeah. The blase way in, pe- in which people create consciousness is staggering to me. It is staggering yeah. to me that people, and it's not a rare phenomenon, where people are like, oh, our relationship's on its way out. Let's fucking have a kid. That'll What? You're going to create a fucking life to save this dead relationship and then just get divorced in two years anyway? Yeah. Like, that's if... Like, I probably overemphasize it all, but I just feel like you're creating a life. That's full on, man. You should really know that you want to do that before you do that. Yeah. It's not just something you should do because, well, you know, I mean, what do you do? You, you, you're this age. This is what you do at this age. Mm. You don't have to. Mm. You don't want it. Mm. By all means, if you want it, you know, I've got my, one of my dearest friends is, has just fallen pregnant with her second. Mm. And I'm, you know, I've got my own beliefs about the world collapsing and everything, but I am genuinely stoked for her. Yeah. And, and you know, when she rang me, she's like, I know what you I know how you feel about this shit, but I'm pregnant again. And I'm like, well, if anyone's going to be a mum, you know, I'm glad it's you. Yeah. And, I, and I am. Yeah. Because she is a great mum and she wants it. And, you know, she lives for her kid and it's a great relationship. And, but I see, you know, from my former job working with lots of kids and families and stuff, I've seen a lot of yeah. people who just didn't put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And now the kid's around and it's like, oh, I don't really, I don't really want this life and now I don't really have a choice. Yeah. And it breeds resentment and all this just awful shit. But it seems like it's taboo to even talk about that. Yeah. Because that's just what you do. Well, it's funny. It's the... Often people think when you don't have kids, it's it was like a... It's not always a definitive decision when you're young. It was, uh, you know, I've dated some really great people. And it just... And it ended. 
So, you know, imagine if we'd had a kid and... Oh, totally. And it hadn't worked out, you know. Oh, totally. I look back on all my all my previous relationships and yeah. I'm profoundly grateful that yeah. we didn't have a kid together. Yeah. Because they were some of them were great relationships, but <laughs> all of them were slightly or very dysfunctional. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it wouldn't have been great to have brought someone into that. Yeah. Um and whether that, that makes, you know, whether or not that makes me a coward and I suspect it probably does, uh, or very selfish, which I suspect it probably does. Um, I feel comfortable in it because it's there's no conflict. Mm. There's no part of my head that's like, oh no, I really want all of those things. Mm. I, I'm good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm not sure I want it either. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those things where, like, I'm open to it. Yeah. I mean, I would love a great relationship. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I would love a, a best friend that I can goof off with and we, you know, it's just effortlessly connect yeah. and all of those things. I, I have those romantic ideals of like yes. the ideal partner, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, truth and someone who knows themselves and someone who doesn't outsource their sense of self to their phone and, you know, someone with similar tastes but can still... We can still teach and learn from each other and all the rest. Yeah. So that would be wonderful. Yeah. But the next step from that is not some kind of vision that I've ever had for myself. Yeah. Ever. You know, I hadn't, you know, I've not really thought about this because I've been too busy panicking. <laughs> but the <laughs> lockdown number two, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> in, its, in its 13th great week, fuck. Uh, it is. I reckon I'm just not in the right place for it now. Yeah. Like, it's it's just not at the right time. I feel like things are kind of changing because of these COVID years. It's I've just <laughs> changed a little bit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's almost like I, I stand on a slightly different angle. And I've just got to kind of work out what's going on with that. Mm, mm. And then, because some, some of it is uh, like... You know, we're getting off the beaten track here, but the idea of the... Like, I might not go back to stand-up. I don't know. I might, mm. but I feel indifference. Mm. And uh, anytime I think about it... Now, that might change when suddenly you can go and do it, and yeah. maybe it's a coping mechanism. Maybe, yeah. You know? It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... Oh, I, I, I kind of judge people who write online that they're missing it uh, oh, I can't believe I haven't been on stage. And it's unfair because I reckon that's how they're coping with it. And I'm coping with it by going, never want to perform again. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. But when things open up. But, you know, the idea of the mortality of that side of you yeah. is... That's a lot to deal with. So, you know, what oh, I don't want to do is have start a new relationship and have someone just have to deal with that. Oh, and I think that that is a much more mature and noble way to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I had a long-term relationship that ended very, uh, um, very full on and, you know, immediately did that thing that so many people do where it's like, Ooh, I'm getting my online dating profile up and it's <laughs> time to sow my oats and it's time to have experiences. And about a year into, I mean, and, you know, it, there was no, nothing bad happened. There was some great encounters. There was some boring encounters, whatever. But about a year into it, it was like, you know what? This is actually, 
this isn't good. Yeah. Like, I'm in no fit state to be dating anyone. I'm yeah. in no fit state to uh, even pursue a new relationship. You know, I would go to bed with someone and wake up in the middle of the night convinced that it was my ex next to me and then be like, oh, God, it's not. Fuck. And it's like, well, if you're having that reaction, you are not meant to be with someone right now. Right. And... You know, I mean, that's so much of the, especially the online dating world. It's just fucked up, scarred up people, mm. you know, trying to get over something or, you know, it's just like dodging cars made out of meat, smashing into each other and wow. and accidentally hurting <laughs> each other. But, but you know, just, just by virtue of trying to fix yourself, but yeah. trying to fix yourself with another person or, and, 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 and a stranger at that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I felt very clarified and good about going this isn't right it is not right for me in my current very fragile very emotionally volatile state to you know do that thing where you're going on a date and putting on your best self and oh you're so charming and you've got all the stories knowing full well that right behind this very thin membrane of your face is (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, and it's only a matter of time before, like, ah, fuck, I can see the strings holding your face on. Oh, no. I knew as soon as I stopped concentrating for just a second, part of me was going to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far out. Uh, So, (laughs) Henry dreams about the man in the planet and the lady in the radiator who sings to him while stomping on the... Stomping on the spurs. (laughs) So... Here's my question for you. As a percentage, can you tell me how much you laughed and were revulsed by this scene? Like, what was your what was oh, your percentage? It, it, it literally kept flipping every two seconds. Yeah, 50-50. Because, because she's so joyful. Yeah. And she's so pleased to be stomping yeah. on those sperms. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that, that weird inversion of like, you know, oh, it's the cute chubby cheeks, but they're yeah. disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> They look like parmesan. Yeah, yeah, it's just awful. Oh, like my cottage God. cheese. Yeah, um, oh. yeah. It's um that that's a hell of a a hell of a sequence. And I had an interpretation of what she is oh, this yeah. time round. Yeah, I think that she is again, like as everything in this film is a metaphor. I think she's just a metaphor for the things we uh, do and use to distract ourselves right. from what's really going on. Yeah, and it might be another human being. It might be drugs. Might be a movie. Yeah, it might, might be, be a race ahead. Yeah. Might be, yeah, exactly. You know, I yeah. just think I just think that she's that thing that you a place that you long to be or a mindset that you want to have yeah. that is ideal. Mm. But him being in the state that he's in, it still can't be pure. It's still kind of horrible. Yeah. You know, it's still this 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 grot still bleeds in from the edges. Oh man. Did you like if you could reach into a film, mm. I just wanted to reach in and just snap both of those parts off and just smooth the it ch- out. The chips. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that, it's that kind of... It's so tactile. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable for yeah. a... It, like, and it's horrific that yeah. it's that tactile yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. why are you doing this to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's his, that's his um, painter background. Yeah, I don't know if you've, yeah, know if you've yeah. ever seen his paintings, yeah. but he works a lot with texture. Yeah. Uh, a lot with texture. That's what we should close this season on, the documentary uh, The Art Life. Oh, yeah. It's I haven't great. seen oh, it. It's great. Right. Uh, and it goes into his whole philosophy on art and yeah. why he does the things he does. Um, but, yeah, texture's a big thing with him. Yeah, it's... Uh, there, there are layers to those uh, scenes, aren't there? And you can... Uh, and they're all... 
gross. You know, yeah. I, I suddenly felt like, um, uh, in hindsight, uh, big influence on the filth. Do you reckon? Probably. Yeah. I think this is a big influence on a lot of things. A lot of things. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and, and sorry, just to just to put a bullet in that point, I think that final shot where he fully goes into her arms is him fully surrendering to fantasy and distraction. I yeah. think that's just him going, nah, it's nah. all just, yeah. you know, and, and that coincides with the title Eraser Head right. and, and, the, and the fact that his brain is turned into an eraser. Yeah. I think it's him trying to scrub his m- memories, trying right. to scrub these feelings out, yeah. erase them. Right. I was going to ask you that. I wasn't sure. That's great. That's what I think it is. Yeah, no, I like it. I'm well, why else do they up? turn his brains into erasers? And, yeah. then, and then, you know, we have that moment where there's, it's a fucking magnificent shot of those shavings. And yes. Like, yeah. But oh that's the God. shot just before, you know, when, when the man in his balls is like, ah, right at the <laughs> <Yeah>. end. Ah! <laughs> and then he's just shrouded with this, you know, uh, whirlwind of eraser shavings. And yeah. I think in the end, he's like, nah, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to go and hug this fantasy. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. That's, um, that's almost like the, uh, uh, the idea of uh, Lost Highway as well, the electrocution and yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I, I, that that last two minutes, that in metaphor is was my relationship with marijuana for a good decade. Right, you know, right. trying to just trying to fucking scrub out bad thoughts or yeah. bad feelings and falling into the arms of a fantasy that isn't real right. and is actually kind of grotty. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That is a. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think what that describes my relationship with. Snacks. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, probably everything. Sorry, every every aspect of my life. Uh, the uh, what's your interpretation of the girl across the hall? Um, I, uh, the life that you aren't living. Yeah. The, the, the green, the the grass being greener on the other side. Yeah, and it's got. Uh, I, I've, feel like there's something ethereal about her like you can never quite yeah grab her yeah 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 and you know she's she in in terms of her aesthetic she is much more exotic than yeah. mary x you know she's feline like she's yeah, sexy like she's like she's, she's just comes straight from a film noir yeah. you know detective philip marlowe kind of yeah 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 100 yeah. percent. and i think it's that i think it's just that you know um you know that thing that you have when you're in a less than ideal relationship where your mind starts to wander. Yeah. You know, what would it be like being with this type of woman? What would it be like being with this kind of It's guy? interesting because after he has sex with her and then it's kind of the, you know, the head being decapitated mm-hmm. and his head being turned into erasers, you know. So um, is that like, it's almost like getting a taste of it and it's too much. And Well, yeah, or, or he's done the dirty on his wife and he's trying to, f- trying to forget that, oh, he, that yeah. he did the wrong thing. He's yeah. like, fuck, I fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been a bad human being. Got to yeah. uh, forget it, forget it, forget it. But then he ev- eventually goes back. Yeah. He wants to go back to her, but, at this st- but then she just sees him as a baby. Yeah. It's like, you're gross. You're just a fucking whimpering baby. Fuck yeah. off. I'm going to go with this disgust. That dude that she's oh, with. Oh, my that God. That guy. That might be the most skin-crawling special effect of the whole movie. That guy's face. Oh, Lord. Yuck. Lord. With that little pin- pencil moustache. Once again, never been more wrapped to have put food away. <laughs> like, Jesus. What yeah. a disaster. Yeah, yeah that's... Uh, 
That's interesting, isn't it? Like yeah. he's cheated on his like wife, who is whatever, yeah. and his whatever, which is also his child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um, and that's how you picture them. Like yeah. you know, that's like what his mind's picturing, and you go, oh mm-hmm. god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know that makes you think. Um, <laughs> What's what's Henry like in the real world? <laughs> the, 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 the a blander, colorized version of right. his. It's yeah. just it's the same shit. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like you want to see um, like a three minute short by Lynch. You, you know, when the Simpsons went into the three D world, yeah. we just want a little <laughs> yeah. three minute short of him in the real world going ah, like yeah, yeah, making yeah. that decision. I think it's just I think it's just um, profound mundanity. A feeling of being trapped in a situation that you want out of, but you have neither the courage nor the experience to pull out of. And you're just in this, you know, I mean, I I don't think it's a long bow to say that this is probably how he was feeling at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the killing of the child as well, which is, Lord, the foam was what got me when it starts foaming. (laughs) This is nuts. I mean, beyond it just being disgusting, it might be one of the greatest puppets that's ever been on screen. It looks fucking real. Yeah. And it's the eyes. Yeah. Like those, the way those eyes move (laughs) and the way they roll into the back. And then when when he's suddenly covered in all those tumors, it's like, like, and, and it was one of those rare times where I'm looking at a special effect and I'm really like I don't know what the fuck how the fuck did they do that because it doesn't look it looks organic it doesn't look like it's made out of rubber it looks like it's made out of meat and I've heard a rumour that it's a lamb's fetus or a calf's fetus but then how do you puppet a fucking fetus yeah that doesn't make it any more easier to get your head around how do you make food spray out of a fetus's mouth while its eyes are rolling in the back of its head it's awful it is the only time I'm ever going to say this but when I was watching it I thought god I wish George Lucas had gotten his hands on this because it wouldn't be as disgusting and I would not be as freaked out. He would have ruined it. so sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, he adds a voice. <laughs> that, is, that is my favourite thing to think about these days of uh, how to ruin a movie and uh, adding the, like, the wrong voice yeah. to, the, to the person. It's really great. Great for animated uh, movies. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, when... Uh, so the man... In the uh, planet, and yeah. he's struggling with the levers. Yeah. I, I kind of interpreted that as he has just failed, and this guy, you know, he's tried to keep him on yeah. track. So I, I guess it's the same thing. I just thought of it was in the brain, but you said it's in the nutsack, well, which yeah. makes sense. I mean, you know, your nuts are a kind of mini brain, right? Yeah, they both are. Yeah, they both are. It's like the different lobes of a yeah. brain. Sometimes I'm indecisive because they can't make up their mind and then I have to say, I have to be the guy who splits the bill. Okay, let me make a decision for once. I tell you, it's like that great um, episode of Seinfeld where very early on in season two where um, Jerry's brain and penis are playing chess with each other. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I tell you, that is one of the most relieving things about turning 40 in a month or two is the waning of the power of the uh, brain downstairs. Right. That his, uh, his control of um, my uh, thoughts is not as yeah. not as oppressive as yeah. it once was in my early 20s. It's all these years of strangling it, like it's giving up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's probably the grottiest thing I've said on this podcast, but it feels right yeah, for this fine. podcast. It's fine, it's a grotty movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so you already said to me that the, you think the uh, lady in the radiator represents all that uh, aspect of life just kind of giving up. Yeah, just yeah. falling into fantasy. I mean, you know, he, 
the way he and I think when he walks the first time he walks into the door and flops on the bed yeah and he's you know almost like a kid watching TV he's got his hands resting on his chin yeah you know and he's gazing into the radiator just looking for something to distract him yeah. from what's happening just to the right of him which is absolutely fucking awful <laughs> yeah oh my god it is so awful um that's funny. So a lot of people reject this movie for being too cynical, obscure for the sake of it, or just a slog without any sense of redemption. <laughs> Some of the things that have been written about it. Um, but so, so I have to be honest, you've kind of swayed me on what the ending is. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't really said anything earlier because I, I knew we were kind of getting to this. Yeah. But I kind of found the ending optimistic really? at the end. Okay. Yeah, and I, I felt like maybe he'd worked through the grotty, mm. you know, and kind of had explored some awful ideas mm, mm. and was, like, turning his back on them. So I thought that might be... Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, sure, why not? But yeah. I, I, I feel like the soundscape in that... Fi- that the, I mean, the soundscape in that final three, four minutes is yeah. so oppressive yeah. and so terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I don't read it as a positive turn. I think that... Basically, his brain's exploded and he's right. just turned his back on reality altogether because it's just too fucked. Right. Know? And then all of a sudden we go from everything being very dark yeah. and black. Uh, I don't mean that. I mean that literally aesthetically. Uh, it's a very, you know, aesthetically dark movie. Um, and then we white out. It goes to white. Yeah. And I think that's him, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily him turning to the light. I think that's him turning away from... Uh, reality, right into a into a dream. Yeah, interesting. So I, I saw that noise as like it's what he's doing is painful, but you have to go through it. Yeah, but sure. But um, maybe like but I, I didn't say anything earlier because it was like let's explore this one. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, I knew we were going to get to that. But, but it's, again, the great thing is, you know, I could watch it. But you tonight. may have swayed me. Yeah, yeah, I, could watch it I know. And watch it through that lens, and it would be true. This is a movie that you know. Yeah. Outside of lockdown could be a completely different experience, totally. you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so I also saw it as um, he kind of has to destroy aspects of himself. Like he has to, uh, and that's part of mm. moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, so I found a quote from Lynch who said, you can choose to stay in the darkness and think that's all there is, or you can step onto the spiritual path and start coming out, which I found afterwards. And I thought, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, all of this is, uh, but I do feel like you've kind of swayed me. Well, <laughs> that mean, is a bit- <laughs> The beauty of Lynch is that he would value any interpretation of it. Yeah. You know, I don't th- like. Th- I think there's a reason he's never come out and definitively explained any of his yeah. stuff. Yeah, what a bummer! Oh, I think it's great. Oh no, no, no! Well, like it would be such a bummer oh, if yeah. he did. Yeah, if he like, did. If he did director's commentary track, the meaning of oh, the baby is. Like, oh god, who cares? Like, it's like Tarantino, fucking every interview he gives just takes away a little bit more of my enjoyment oh. of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a real, it was a real bummer. I was listening to him on a podcast. He's done it a few times. I can't think which one it was. It's on The Ringer, uh, The Big Picture. Anyway, um, and he, uh, one of the hosts was saying that his interpretation of a scene is that it's in Cliff's mind. Mm. And Tarantino just said, no, 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 you're wrong. It happens. And it's like, why would you do that? 
But it's I why, mean, why, why, yeah. why would you tell him that he's wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just let me go. Oh, that's interesting. What? Yeah. And, and and that comes down to the philosophical debate of like who does the art belong to? Yeah. Once it's out in the world, like you know, it's it's um uh, what what's what's the what's the phrase the uh, death of the author? Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm kind of very much of the mind of I don't really give a shit what the author's intent was. Yeah. It's how I read it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you read a book from 500 years ago, the author's been dead for a very long time. Right. Like, you know, and, 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 and the reality is we live in a dynamic, ever-changing world, and so a great piece of art can be interpreted through multiple lenses, You know, depending and, on the time you're at. And things change. Like, you know, I was telling you about uh, watching the movie MASH for mm. the first time. Oh, yeah. and, and I love that TV series. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a real seminal TV series for me as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on it. Also, it was... It was on, like, at 7 o'clock when, as a kid, it's like, oh, I'm allowed to stay up late and watch MASH, you know, so yeah. I have really good memories of it. And mm. then watch the movie, and it's, it's obviously a counterculture, mm. you know, I, uh, politically I agree with all of it, but it's so full of bullying. Oh, the misogyny in it and, is out of control. Like, but also... Why am I watching Mash and feeling a bit sorry for Major Burns? Like that was his. That, he was staying there. And then you just moved in, kicked him out, yeah. and then like, yeah. don't get me wrong, he's Major Burns, mm-hmm. but you guys fucking ousted him really yeah. quickly. And I maybe it's because I I watched the series and I saw heaps of episodes of Major yeah. Burns to think he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. But in the movie, it was like, hang on, I feel like like let him do something really awful. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Nothing too bad, and the, the way they treat. Hot Lips Hulahan, oh, which is... Oh, fucking full on, man. Goodness. Yeah. So, th- time has changed. <laughs> I think the, seven, the 70s is a really interesting era of film. Like, I, there's a lot of films I love from the 70s, but then there's a lot of ones that I either have seen for the first time or rewatched for the f- first time in a long time recently, where I think we look at the state of the world at the moment, or how it's been for a long time, and... A lot of them just come off as petulant, naive, and, you know, the cult of me. Mm. You know, I'm the renegade. I'm mm. Ned Kelly. I'm the one that, you know, I, I, I've mentioned to you uh, on the podcast we did with um, Tom Gleason that I watched uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. And I fucking, I fucking hated it. Yeah. I was like, fuck you, man. You're a fucking pig. You've come in here because, you, you know, you, whoa, he's a larrikin and he's, you know, defying Nurse Ratchet. She's just trying to do a fucking job. I, I, like, <laughs> but, but I remember my mum talking about Nurse Ratchet yeah. as a child, like, oh, she's the most evil character yeah. in cinema history. I'm like, is she? Like, yeah. she's not great. But she's also a 1970s nurse in a fucking mental institution just trying to get the patients to take their pills. Yeah. And this guy comes in like, fuck you, I'm not taking my pills. I'm a uh, witch. And it's like, dude, shut up. Just stop it. Like this this idea of like the individual, uh, you know, and we're seeing this now at these fucking protests, you know, my, my, I'm an individual, my individual rights, my freedoms, all this stuff. And it's like, I think we're kind of at a place now where we've got to think about collective good more yeah. than just like what you want to do. Yeah. You know, my, my neighbor that I share a wall with in my apartment block refuses to wear a mask and it's the defiance on his face and the contempt that he has when he walks past anyone else like this, like oh, you fucking idiot. And it's like, you think that you're some kind of like, powerful libertarian and really yeah. you're just a fucking selfish cunt man you're just a guy you're just like is it really that hard is it really that hard to just put the fucking mask on even if you think it's stupid 
even if you think it's dumb, yeah. do you not just empathise with the comfort of other people? Yeah. That for, that, that, that the poor bastard working in the supermarket for eight hours, yeah. who's got a look of abject fucking terror in his eyes because he knows that it's only a matter of when yeah. that someone wanders in with COVID. You can't just put a mask on for that guy to just make five minutes of his life slightly easier. No, I'm me, me, my power. And it's just... It's the, it, it's it's it drives me insane, and I think a lot of movies from that era. I watched Five Easy Pieces, yeah, and I was like, I hate you, <laughs> I hate you. Shut up, just stop. I can't, I can't. Oh god, these fucking anti-mask people. I was I was talking to one guy who's like, you tell me. <laughs> that that's my favourite. The tone that. The, yeah. <laughs> you tell me how a piece of cloth is supposed to. It's like. The, Surgeons have been wearing pieces of cloth on their fucking face for decades, mate. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it is a bulletproof thing, but it's the same as a seatbelt isn't necessarily going to save your life. But you combine yeah. a seatbelt with driving at the speed limit, yeah. not getting drunk, not texting yeah. on your phone, you're probably more likely to not die in a car accident. So yeah. you combine the mask with getting vaccinated with all these other things, it reduces the likelihood. No one's saying it's a bulletproof thing, but it's, it's this like, you know, no one's going to tell me what to do. Like, grow up. Grow up. Are you 18? Really? Yeah. No, you're 40. Grow up. Yeah. It, oh, sorry. I'm just... I can't, I did, can't stand it at the moment. Uh, did I tell you that um, uh, caught up with our mate Ange and w- went for some yes. exercise and yes. was uh, did a really, you know, quick, long walk, you mm. know, when you, you keep the pace up yeah, kind go, of thing. Go. And then we were coming back into uh, Surrey Hills and uh, this woman walks past us. <laughs> and she's wearing a mask and she looks at us and goes... Mask <laughs> and Ant was so angry, but I just looked and was like, dress and just kind of kept walking because it's like, but later on it annoyed me because she's going to go to work or wherever. And so there were these two people who just had no care. It's like, man, I've been in fucking lockdown yeah, yeah, yeah. all this time. I'm exercising. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm not going to do? Breathe in this awful CO2 that I'm expunging out of my lungs because I'm not fit. Yeah, there's a context. There's always a context. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. The people I have the issue with, you know, where it's like this, like individual protest, and it's like yeah. I, I was telling you the other day. I saw it was the funniest anti-lockdown poster I've ever seen in my anti-anti whatever. Fucking who yeah. even knows? These people have no fucking ideology whatsoever, other than fuck you. Uh, and it was a spider dangling from a broken web, yeah. giving everyone the double flipping the bird, double fingers. Yeah, and it said total liberation. And I'm looking at this poster going, well, whoever drew it clearly doesn't realise that without its web, the spider dies. Yeah. The spider needs the web to survive. A much more apt metaphor would have been a fly breaking free from the web, you fucking yes. idiot. Like, there is no accounting for how fucking stupid these people are. Yeah. The, the, oh, the spider broke free from its web. It's free. No, it's dead. It's dead. It's dead. You may as yeah. well have had a poster of a guy blowing his own brains out, <laughs> screaming, freedom! Freedom! <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> Grow the fuck up! <laughs> I'm not doing anyone's meeting for anyone. I'm not doing anything for anyone. Okay. Then don't live in a fucking society. You know? It's like moving into a fucking apartment block and never expecting to hear noise bleed from your neighbours. Yeah. Then don't live in an apartment. Yeah. All right. Rant done. (laughs) Would you like to see this as a series? No. Okay, so <laughs> no, I just thought it would be fun to go straight into the next question without acknowledging any of that. Uh, that is hilarious. Oh God, I might need a little nine eyes after that. Sorry. That was good. Don't go, apologise. That was hilarious. But I reckon there's some people in my apartments who are probably thinking, "Fuck, they are angry." <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. We're all on the same side. Uh, We're all in this together. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> I feel like this is the perfect amount of time for a movie. Like, this yes. movie could not be one second less or more. Yes. It's perfect. Yes, yes, yes. Especially because there's so many long sequences where nothing much happens that feel much longer than they really are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was a point where... And it, Normally you would say this when you're not enjoying a movie. I'm not saying that. I was enjoying it. But there was a moment when I looked at how long it had gone and it was like 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. Haven't I been here for six days? <laughs> like, what just happened? It's uh, So that's funny. So this was actually my first squid bit for you, but I'll tell you now, the making of the Blu-ray is one minute longer than the actual movie. And I don't know why, but that makes me laugh so much. And it was like not... Very interesting. It's just almost like a static shot for the majority of it of David Lynch saying, when I first made a race ahead, you know, oh. and he's just so funny. He's but, so funny. Oh. He's so great. Have you seen his um, weather report that he yeah. does every day? Yeah, people trying to interpret it. It's <laughs> yeah. great. He's just doing the weather report. He's, just, <laughs> he's a funny guy. It's a guy. beautiful, clear day in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, so... Yeah, so the idea, like, I, I wrote down, would you like to see it as a series? And, ah, oh, God, I chuckled to myself. I thought, not one extra second. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I do not need to see this spread out over yeah, yeah, eight yeah. episodes. As, uh, like, there was, there was not a minute of it that I wasn't, like, buzzing and enjoying. Yeah. But I was so relieved when it ended. Yeah. And not because, like, thank God this is over, but no. just... Baby (laughs) I can breathe Yeah That is full on Um, So uh, For We'll do it for the um, Patreon Because we've got the Patreon up Mm. He says hopefully Oh yeah What what are we going to do for the Patreon? Well uh, Look I haven't actually Like I'm close to finalising it So I am being Thoroughly ambitious by saying this. You know what I'm doing? I'm manifesting it because I'm going to say sure. the Patreon now and that'll get my ass into gear because I don't want people to be listening to this guy. He fucking didn't do the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do it. This is this is the classic drug addict's move. Right. You tell everyone, I'm quit <laughs> yeah. drugs. Yeah, yeah. I'm going <laughs> I'm down to the gym. Yeah, when people say. <laughs> you won't recognize me a month from now. No, I won't. <laughs> um,. So anyway, that's for the Patreon, a new segment for the, those members. Uh, right, tell us your interpretation of the film, yeah. and we'll we'll talk about it in uh, the next uh, David Lynch film we do. Can't wait. So, because we're curious. Yep. Definitely curious to know yep. uh, where your head's at with it. Yep. All that, interpretations are valid. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go into the squid bits. So... Uh, the uh, second one here, uh, that's David Lynch's daughter, Jennifer, playing the little girl. Uh, so Lynch was a printer in a factory. This will show you how personal mm-hmm. the film is. His daughter, Jennifer, was born with severely clubbed feet and had to endure surgeries. What, what is club feet? Uh, that's the turn inwards, isn't right, it? Right, okay. I think. Sure. If... We're wrong. Can someone also let us know that? You don't have to be on the Patreon. Just on Twitter. It'd be great. <laughs> Thank you. Do, uh, even, like, in your car, you see us in the street, you yell out, yeah, yeah. No, mate, you had a fight. <laughs> You're pointing outwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, so, Lynch and his wife at the time, Peggy, weren't prepared for the burden of parenthood. And Lynch was also unfaithful to his wife, leading to their separation. So, it's a fucking th- autobiographical film. Yeah. So, when you were talking about... I didn't want to say anything. Uh, Did you know that? No. No, no. no. So that, I was excited to tell you that because mm. it was like, oh, he's 
unlock something. Well, he's got David Lynch's hair, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Lynch. <laughs> so in 1970, Lynch had a scholarship at the American Film Institute Center for Advanced Film Studies. He wrote a script called Gardenback based on his painting of a hunched figure with vegetation growing from its back. <laughs> okay. A surrealist script about <laughs> adultery, which featured a continually growing insect representing one man's lust for his neighbor. The script would have been a 45-minute long film, which the AFI felt was too long for such a figurative, non-linear script. So Lynch presented Eraserhead, <laughs> based on a daydream of a man's head being taken to a pencil factory by a small boy. Great. <laughs> That's how you... Yeah. Oh, is that too it surreal? completely makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just could not stop laughing when I read that. Uh, several board members were against the work because it was too surreal and too... Uh, the dean, Frank Daniel, threatened to resign. So there was a bit of stress. Cool, man. What a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, the script was heavily influenced by his reading of Franz Kafka's novella, The Metamorphosis, mm-hmm. a story about a salesman, Grigor Samza, who yes. wakes one morning to find himself inexplicably transforming into a huge insect and struggles to adjust to his new condition. Have you read that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Even kind of. Oh. The image I can't get out of my head is how he can't get out of bed. Uh, he's got yeah. to walk back and forth because oh, his, his carapace is too, too rounded. Oh, <laughs> God. God. Um, and he, the Eraserhead was also influenced by uh, Nikolai Gogol's satirical short story, The Nose, written back around 1835 36 yeah. and tells a story about a St. Petersburg official whose nose leaves his face and develops a life of its own. <laughs> I have read that, but I have read that, but I read it so long ago, and I, it, you know, when you go, oh, I've got to read that again because yeah, it's yeah, going to be yeah. fuzzy. That's so great. great, right? Yeah. Uh, Lynch also said the movie came together when he opened up a Bible, read one verse from it, and then subsequently shut it. In typical Lynch <laughs> style, he cannot remember if the verse was the Old or New Testament, but in 2007 declared it his most spiritual film. Eraserhead? Yeah. Wow. Um, the film's tone was shaped by Lynch's time living in a troubled neighbourhood in Philadelphia. Lynch and his family spent five years living in what he described as an atmosphere of violence, hate and filth. He also described <laughs> the area as a crime-ridden poverty zone. Uh, Lynch once said about this place, I saw so many things in Philadelphia I couldn't believe. Uh, ben, fucking strap yourself in. Right? <laughs> I have... <laughs> I thought it was a bit further down, but I lost my mind (laughs) thinking of you when I read this. Lynch once said about this place, I I saw so many things in Philadelphia, I couldn't believe. I saw a grown woman grab her breasts and speak like a baby, complaining her nipples hurt. (laughs) Wait, wait. He followed this up with, this kind of thing will set you back. He's so funny. He's so funny. This kind of thing will set you back. Yeah. Like that first line is a scorcher, but that is a hell of a punchline. What a funny man. Fuck. Anyway. Um Oh, man, that brought so much joy to my day. That's what I love about him. He's so fucked up, but he's still got this weird 
uh, <laughs> like suburban kind of turn of phrase. Yeah. You know, like have you ever heard of like, ah, that tank was peachy keen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is happening here? Yeah. The thing you're filming is some person made out of garbage yeah, yeah. being terrifying. Ah, peachy keen. <laughs> it is. As soon as I read that line, the first, you know, when you picture someone, the, the picture I had come into my head is that moment in Twin Peaks when he's just kind of dazzled by the boy. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that kind of thing will set you back, David Lynch. What a great human being. Oh, I love a, it. How lucky we are to live at the same time as someone like him. Oh, so good. Uh, film critic Greg Olson posits that this time in Philadelphia contrasts starkly with Lynch's childhood in the Pacific Northwest, which has given the director a bipolar heaven and hell vision yeah. of America, and this has subsequently shaped his films. Yep. The original screenplay was 21 pages, and the AFI thought the film would therefore be 21 minutes long. <laughs> this misunderstanding, along with Lynch's meticulous approach to filmmaking, meant the production lasted a number of years. Yeah. One scene in particular, where Henry opens a door, a full year passed before the scene was the next scene Great. was filmed. Great. <laughs> Actor Jack Nance kept the hairstyle for the entirety of the shooting schedule. <laughs> Commitment. Um, it was Sissy Spacek and her husband, Jack Fisk, who was a childhood friend of Lynch's, who kept the production going with regular donations, donations from other yeah, people as yeah, well, yeah. but they were two people that were helping out. I've come to admire Sissy Spacek in a huge way yeah. recently. Yeah. I watched a film called Three Women the other night. Have you oh, heard of this? No. A Robert Altman film. Yeah. Her and Shelley Duvall. Are oh, the leads, yeah. And you're watching it just like you two are spectacular. Spectacular right. to look at. I mean, obviously the performances are unbelievable, but just watching it going, it made me realize how basically every actor is the same boring mannequin now. Like, oh, I just yeah. can't imagine two women who look that un- unusual. I don't mean yeah. that in a, in a derogatory, derogatory way. No. But they're, they're, you know, they're not conventionally conventional looking people yeah. strange looking people uh, to, to be front and centre of the leads of this film yeah. and they are just fascinating to look at yeah fascinating I was literally talking about this with a friend last night where it's like where's like the Chrissy Amphlets yeah, you know the normal looking people and, and with guys as well yeah. you know like uh, yeah. where are those uh, you know there was once upon a time, strange-looking dudes could be handsome. Totally. You yeah. know, you think about those Chinese actors, Pacino, Hoffman. Yep. They're not conventionally-looking, good-looking guys. Pacino's got nice eyes. Pacino does have nice eyes. Yep. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the physical effects used to create the deformed child have been kept secret. The projectionist who worked on the film's dailies was blindfolded by Lynch to avoid revealing the prop's nature. What like, what the fuck are you, Batman? F- like, what are you so doing? Great. So funny. Put this on. <laughs> Nance nicknamed the prop Spike. Lynch has said of the prop that it was born nearby, or maybe it was found. (laughs) It was born nearby, or maybe it was found. Uh, The Guardian's John Patterson has speculated the prop may have been constructed from a skinned rabbit or lamb fetus. Yeah, I would Uh, say maybe lamb. The eyes are definitely real. Yeah. They're real eyes, because they've got that weird... They've got... You can see the... um, 
the uh, the membrane yeah. over the eyes. Oh God! Uh, it was during production that Lynch began experimenting with the technique where he recorded dialogue that had been spoken phonetically backwards, and then reversing the resulting audio. But the technique doesn't turn up in a race ahead. But this is when he started yeah, right. playing okay. with that. So that's kind of where mm. that begins, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it's one of my favourite effects yeah. in a movie, like that's great. including special effects. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Lynch also began his interest in transcendental meditation during the film's production Mm -hmm. and adopted a vegetarian diet while giving up smoking and alcohol. Mm. Uh, scenes cut from the movie include a man torturing two women with a car battery and one of Henry playing with a dead cat. The f- <laughs> I don't know why I became a BBC newsreader then. <laughs> and coming up next, um, the film features constant industrial sounds that provide low-level background noise in every scene, which is a technique uh, that David Fincher uses in Seven uh, yes. and uh, the Coen brothers in Barton Fink. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Barton Fink feels like a very Lynchian film as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's one of those films that I love, but I have to really work my way up to watching. Yeah, I have to give it a run up. There's a lot of Coen Brothers movies that I have that relationship with. Right. That uh, I got to, you got to be in the right place for it. But Barton Fink, especially, because it's so mysterious and, 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 and unsettling. Yeah. Miller's Crossing is the one that I could just put on at any really? given moment. Yeah, yeah. that's my favourite. Okay. Uh, just one of those uh, might have been the first one I'd seen of theirs. Okay. But it was uh, right at the time that I was kind of discovering the gangster movie world with the yeah, Godfather yeah, movies yeah, and yeah. Goodfellas. And and then that came out and it just gave you another, once again, another texture, yep. you know, and yep. uh, Gabriel Byrne. And there was something like, I don't, I also kind of don't really understand his motivation all the way through it other mm. than he's a master manipulator and, you know, maybe he does have affection for this guy, but he's... Anyway, he's a complicated mm. character, which is, once again, every time you watch it, you feel a little bit differently about him yeah. in, in certain ways. Yeah. Endlessly funny as well. First time I'd seen Steve Buscemi, uh, like... Like coming out, hey, Scrooge, what's going on? It's yeah. like, what the fuck is happening yeah, with this you? guy? <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, so anyway, so uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, and upon release, Variety described the film a sickening bad taste exercise. <laughs> uh, while on the plus side, Lloyd Rose at The Atlantic said that Lynch's imagery isn't reaching out to us from his films. We're sinking into them. Wow. That. Nails it. Yeah. That nails it. And I think that is, that probably articulates the difference between the people that are willing to sync with it yeah. and the people that are like, nah, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't need to, don't want to go here. Because, yeah. you know, I can't, I, as we've said at the beginning of the episode, I don't blame anyone for getting to the end of this movie and being like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I think. It's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, you know, I I particularly enjoy the feeling of being covered in dirt at the end of a movie. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and a lot of, even a lot of the music I listen to is, you know, a lot, I listen to a lot of drone and a lot of noise music. Uh, I don't even know it's music. Soundscapes. Uh, but I have always enjoyed the full spectrum of what uh, art can bring out of you. And yeah. I think the feeling of... Ugh! is as valid as anything. Yeah. Uh, and that was from a very young age. You know, I, I, I enjoyed that feeling, that 
something that's essentially false. You know, you know, it's a suspension of disbelief. You know, it's yeah. not real, uh, but that it can elicit such an emotion out of you. Yeah, uh, and then and then and then the and then the beauty of. You know, uh, 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 Requiem for a Dream was a big movie for me in my late teens. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would just love that feeling of getting to the end of that movie, feeling utterly harrowed and utterly full of despair, and then looking out my window and going, you know what, my life is great. This is good. It's good. <laughs> uh, things have worked out well here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I keep watching Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Just to remind myself yeah. that I'm not in this movie. Um, <laughs> well, that was a uh, our first David Lynch film. And awesome. so it's The Elephant Man next. Yeah. And that's also one that I've seen once yeah. and a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to check that out. I'm excited now that we've worked out potentially how to do the Twin Peaks stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I'm. I'm just. I'm just stoked to be going into this world of his because I've always loved his stuff. I've always admired it, but because you really do have to be in a place to receive it, mm. it's not an automatic go-to. Mm. And so, other than yeah, you can go like I can go quite a few years oh, without I, watching anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, other than Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive, I think I've only ever seen all of the others once. Yeah. And I haven't seen The Straight Story, and I no. haven't seen Inland Empire. Right. So, you know, to be in a, in a situation where we, you know, essentially have to watch the films. Yeah. Um, you you know, have to. Well, yeah, but like, you know, but to, have a, yeah. to have a schedule where it's yeah. like, this is what we're doing. We're doing yeah. it. Uh, I'm, very, I'm very excited. It was a good pick. Yeah. And it was a good pick. Yeah. And you know it's a good pick when... Every other question that you have about everything else just dissipates. It's like pop, 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 mm-hmm. pop, 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 and it's just left with that. It's like, yep, let's do that. Perfect yep. time to do it. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so uh, this will be fun. Uh, I was going to say, join us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> join us, everybody. <laughs> um, David Lynch quote, which I found: "Factories are what's beneath the surface. They are the unconscious, in a way." Factories get me in my soul. I feel the universe in them. <laughs> All right, David. <laughs> you fucking weirdo. Mate, I, I was, I was going to save that, you know, to top end, you know, top and tail when I, you know, produced this. And then I was like, no, nah, I've got to tell you that yeah, quote. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Before we finish up, uh, here's some comments from some of our uh, Patreon subscribers. Uh, I asked them what they thought of Eraserhead, and some people have contributed some of their thoughts. So, uh, Corey Brazendale, I love that last name, Brazendale. Sounds sounds like you should be leading the charge against uh, an unbeatable enemy. Corey uh, wrote to me and said, uh, had watched it a couple of years ago after the birth of his second child and maybe found the baby in Eraserhead confronting. That's what I'm guessing he means with his emoji skills. Or maybe he just means yikes. But either way, he loved the film. It had the perfect amount of unsettlingness for him, which is technically not a word, but Corey, I wish it was. That is such a good word. Um, Ryan Moore said he likes the film and clearly shows Lynch starting his career and not 
as a finished product, which makes sense, it being his first film and such. But, uh, Ryan, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised over the course of this series where, yes, it is the beginning of his career, but whoo, there are themes that follow all the way through. Uh, Andrea Shaw uh, said... There's something about the aesthetic of this film in particular that feels like nails on a chalkboard to me. I have a physical reaction to it that's almost like a panic attack. I was in a screening of A Race Ahead for a film class in college, and I remember the scene with the Cornish hen slash chicken sent me running out of the theatre because I felt sick. Needless to say, it's not a film I revisit often. But I have a ton of respect and awe that Lynch was able to provoke such a visceral response. I get that, Andrea. I totally get that. But uh, maybe we should have saved it. So Ben and I have a th- an idea for another series that maybe we'll do after David Lynch, and it might be like it might be a, a four week series that comes and goes. But we were thinking movies that you only even though they're brilliant, you kind of only want to watch once. And we were thinking of calling it One More Time because obviously we've seen it once and now we're going to go back. But uh, yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Beautiful first name as well. Also uh, the name of my mum. So hello, Andrea. And Claire Larice Nichols said, okay, so this film had such an enormous impact on me. I first saw it when I was eight. Holy shit. And I think it's actually influenced how I dream. The soundscape, particularly. The dinner party sequence has also stuck with me. Particularly the tiny chicken. Deeply disturbing and not without humour. It's definitely a favourite still. Claire, eight years old. I reckon it probably has had a lasting effect on you. <laughs> ah, Love it. All right. Uh Let's thank Ben Elwood for joining me today and a big thank you to Sean for being our Patreon supporter for this episode. You can find our Patreon at Justin Hamilton Big Squid, but I'll also leave a link over at our Big Squid Facebook page and on my Twitter handle if you're having trouble finding it. So there's a new podcast coming this Thursday and Friday, okay? So just a reminder... Thursday, we have Ronnie Chang talking in a spoiler-free way about the film Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And then on the Friday, Alexi and I will review the film, chock full of spoilers. So if you haven't watched the film yet or, you know, you have a choice. You can listen to it, put it aside, bookmark it, whatever, or maybe use it as an opportunity to see if it sways you left or right. Uh, Spoiler alert. I really enjoyed it. I put an upper echelon Marvel movies. If you enjoyed the podcast, could you please leave a top review at Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to listen to us? Word of mouth is probably the best incentive to find new listeners. So if you know people who love art and entertainment and want to discuss it in a place where everyone's opinions are respected, then this is the podcast for them just as it is for you. I normally save the quotes for the end, but I already mentioned this one in the recording with Ben. I was so keen uh, to see what Ben thought of it. And then I read it out and it was meant to be saved for the end. But yeah, you know what? You you may have missed it. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it here for you, right? So this is a quote from David Lynch. 
Factories are what's beneath the surface. They are the unconscious in a way. Factories get me in my soul. I feel the universe in them. You know, when you hear that quote, and then you think about what Claire said watching this film at eight, yeah, I reckon it did affect the way you dream. I tell you what, it's great to be back. Until then. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.